Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,917. This week we're celebrating the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. It takes place October 15th, 16th, and 17th. The event includes the West Village Road Rally, the Pace Grand Prix at the Bend, and a Concorde Elegance. To learn more, go to ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota, with a very special guest by the name of Kevin Caulfield. Kevin, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, Mark. Let's go. Always ready. I know you are. Now, before we uh, dive into your world and we talk a little bit about your involvement with the uh, annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Kevin? Well, that's a very good question. And um, after pondering it for a while, it's Ferraris. Ferraris. One fall Saturday in the middle of the night, my dad and I drove the 1964 Daytona Continental winning Ferrari GTO from Andover, Massachusetts to Hanover, New Hampshire. Whoa, that must have been quite a drive. It was. I can still remember it vividly because the hood was so long and the dark of the night. And the power of the GTO, it just loped along effortlessly. And we were probably at about 90 miles an hour, perhaps. And it just, the car loved it. And there was plenty in reserve, obviously, being um, a champion car. But it was a great memory and fun time with my dad. How old were you at that time? Now, I think I may have been, um, good heavens, probably 12, 13 years old. Oh, gosh, very impressionable age. Yes, very impressionable. <laughs> yeah. What a fun memory. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm glad you have that in your mind. It'll never go away. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into your world. Kevin Caulfield is a third-generation automotive enthusiast, as you just heard. Like to hang out with his dad, enjoy cool Ferraris. His grandmother, yeah, his grandmother raced a Model T. And his life with cars began when his parents brought him home from the hospital in a Jaguar XK120. Very cool. From there, Kevin grew up amongst a pair of old racing Ferraris. As he noted, one of them is still with him today. It is that Ferrari that connected Kevin with the late Wayne Aubrey and MPI, known as Motion Products Incorporated. His role with the second annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival has been to curate 14 special Ferraris that will grace the event. They are Ferraris that helped establish the mystique the Mark enjoys today. In addition, during the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, Kevin will be a docent for the VIP tours of these very special motor cars. Ferraris. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We'll be talking a little bit about Ferraris and other cool things today with Kevin. We'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV, rain, and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. 
Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Kevin, we're back. So I want to dive a little deeper into the corner and have a little bit of fun. Take us through a little bit of your career path all the way up into Motion Products, MPI, what you're doing there. And then we're going to talk a bit about Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. So let's go back in time a little bit with your involvement with automobiles. Well, as you mentioned, it started right from day one when my parents brought me home from the hospital in the Jaguar XK120. And from there, it's been a lifelong hobby for the most part. Until, um, I want to say, late 90s, early 2000, when um, Wayne Obrey agreed to take on a restoration of the uh, 212 Export Lamar Berlinetto. Mm. And uh, during that period of time, I'd see Wayne about once, once a month to review the progress and see how things were going. And we'd spend the better part of the day. And when we're through with the day... Um, usually a Saturday, I'd be exhausted. And it was almost like a tag team because another good client of Wayne's would arrive and take over. And Wayne just adored it to no end. Well, anyway, long story short, the Ferrari's completed and receives an invitation to the 2012 Pebble Beach. It was kind of um, poignant in that my dad was invited to Pebble Beach in 1995. And what was spectacular there was not only did he drive the Ferrari from southern Wisconsin, across the desert through the mountains down to Pebble Beach. Wow. But he went out to, yeah, what was right. They referred to him as the Iron Man. <laughs> I guess but, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, he goes on to win uh, the co-chairman's trophy, uh, Lauren Tryon and Jill Hoyman. And it was really touching. So anyway, to have the Ferrari invited back, we had quite an accident with it. But Wayne worked his magic, and the Ferrari wound up winning. And it was a uh, a really pivotal moment in my life. It was a great way, father-son time. It was just priceless. Anyway, 
I started bringing people over from Minneapolis that had the Ferrari cars and the wherewithal, but had never heard of motion products. Well, um, shortly thereafter, Wayne said, would you come work for us? And I said, I said, no, Wayne, this is fun for me. I don't have a business to run. And he uh, was very persistent and harassed me for a, a couple, three years. And I finally acquiesced. <laughs> Unfortunately, about six months later, Wayne had a premature demise. Mm, so yeah. it was a real um, challenging time to pick up the pieces and people were in wonderment. I mean, Wayne was motion products. Yeah. And what was demonstrated is Wayne had built a tremendous succession plan already. He had 50 people working for him, over 75,000 square feet of restoration space. And um, there was a plan in place, more or less. Um, and we executed it. And here we are today. Wow. Uh, the winning is Ferrari restoration shop in the world. You know, a testament to his uh, brilliance, many, many people never think about a secession plan. I have people, know people who have been in business, had their own business for years and years. And you always say, what's going to happen when you leave? I don't mm -hmm. know. And it's really a shame <laughs> because, you know, these companies can go on and they can support more people, more employees, more customers. Uh, but a lot of times people don't want to think about that. But I think in being a business person like you, would you agree when you start a business, you really should also start the planning for when you want to leave that business, whether you're going to sell it or hand it off to family or someone else. Uh, you really need to have that in place because we never know, uh, like with Wayne, when the last day is going to be for us. And it's really a shame to build a company up to su such success as Motion Products and have it just wither away, right? I could not agree with you more, Mark. I think after the personnel within a company, the succession plan is the most important aspect. And that goes for whether we're dealing with a profit or a non-for-profit entity. Mm -hmm. The succession plan is critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell our listeners a little bit more about Motion Products, all the different services that they provide their clients. Well, what's intriguing about Motion Products and what Wayne created is a vertically integrated company. And by vertical integration, we handle the brunt of our work in-house. For example, when we bring a car in, we can go send our own transporters after it to collect, it, collect the cars. Mm -hmm. Once in, we don't tear the car apart right away. We have our own in-house historians that start to do research on the car as to what this car was in the day. Was it a race car? Was it a show car? If it was a show car, let's have pictures from the show it was in and where it gained its, its notoriety, if you will. Mm -hmm. And same with the race cars. And then we work with the client very closely as to what, what do you want your car to appear like? So presumably, oftentimes the clients want to be on the show field. Um, they're going to be judged, the car will be, as to how it left the factory that particular day or how it appeared at the Brussels Salon. Or what did it look like in the 1962 Tour de France? Mm. Because in the Concours, it'll be judged based on that appearance. We will study the photographs extensively down to pieces of tape on the car, if there's overspray, all this finite detail that the judges look for. And the clients rely upon motion's expertise in that area. Wow. So that's just the historian. And then we go up from there, the car comes apart. And then, as mentioned, there's 75,000 square feet of restoration facility. That's so huge. It is. So we have our own in-house uh, machine shop. And they will, uh, that's where the engine, gearbox, 
differential and or transects to go for refurbishment. The suspensions all disassembled, rebushed as needed. All the proper finishes are applied. And back at the facility where the car is taken apart, while those functions are being performed, the metalwork takes place. We have our own in-house artisans with virtually every metal shaping device known to man. And these individuals work away to bring back that particular shape. And oftentimes, um, they will spend hours and hours just to get it right to match the curvature. And in some instances, all we have to work from is a two-dimensional picture. But they identify a fixed point, whether it be um, a door handles measurements or a wheel and tire measurement. And from there, we're able to extrapolate and um, create the image and the, the shape um, as it was in the day. So everything, everything that somebody needs. Yeah, and you start, and it just goes on and on. We rebuild the instruments in-house. We build the wiring harnesses in-house. All the sub-assemblies, like the horns get refurbished in-house. The things, um, so, and while all this is taking place and the metalworking's going on, as these sub-assemblies are completed, in the assembly room is a dedicated set of shelves for that particular chassis, that particular job. And as these pieces are finished, they're set onto the shelf so that um, gradually over time, as the metalwork's being performed on the body and chassis as needed, these, these shelves are filling up. Um, for example, the engines. We have our own dyno room, so we heat cycle the engines so it can retorque the heads. Meanwhile, the exhaust manifolds are being oiled so they get the proper finish and texture that judges are looking for. So it's in constant motion. We have our own in-house upholstery shop, so the, the carpets are being cut, the seats are being uh, reupholstered, rebuilt as needed, so that once the car comes out of paint, uh, it rolls into the next room, what we refer to as the assembly room, and all these various bits and pieces that have been off being refurbished and restored while the bodywork's being performed, they're there waiting. Then the guys start to assemble the car. So it's a, it's a fascinating process. And I remember first visiting uh, Wayne's Motion Products uh, close to 30 years ago. And to this day, it's still a marvel. You walk in and it's like Santa Claus shop to see all them. <laughs> no kidding. The activity and the, and the, the work, it's, it's, there's such spectacular pieces. And to see the, uh, the commitment of the clients and uh, the efforts that Motion Products goes to to get it right. Um, I mean, just recently at Pebble Beach, I think we took eight cars out to Pebble that were on the lawn, five chose to be judged. Of the five, three wound up winning their class. So wow. we, uh, Incredible. So when we, we say we are the winningest for our restoration shop in the world. You've got the trophies to back it up. We do, and it's it can't rest on your laurels. You have to keep pushing ahead, and uh, we keep thinking of better ways. And it, it finished that vertical integration thought up, plexiglass, headlight fairings, the windows for the race cars, with the exception of the windshield, that's all handled in-house. Wow. The paint works in-house. We've... Um, if there's particular um, nomenclature, striping, so forth, that's all handled in-house. The, one, the only two things we don't handle in-house are um, plating and creating windshields. Uh, and otherwise, it's managed internally. So that enables us to control the clock. So, for mm-hmm. example, we had a client show up once with a 250 Luso. They cornered uh, Wayne at Cavallino. And Wayne said, uh, well, what do you want us to do? And he said, I want you to repaint the car. It's a beautiful Lusso that bought it from his friend, paid all the money for it and so forth. When Lusso's are at their height, height of the market, probably about six years or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get it to the shop 
this is February now, the paint comes off. And uh, once the paint comes off, along with it came the chicken wire, the Bondo, the duct tape, oh, no. the fiberglass. Yeah, yeah. Like the lower third of the car was missing. Wow. So we had to recreate all that. In fact, I brought a prospective client over um, from Minneapolis. I said, hey, Wayne, this loose over here. Now it's October. So what's the lowdown here? I said, and he repeated what you've just heard. And uh, I said, so Wayne, when's this car going to be completed anyway? So he said, well, you know, Kevin, it has to be on the lawn at Cavalino late January this, this year. I said, Wayne, yeah. that's less than 11 months. Yeah. How do you do it? This is a setup. And um, <laughs> the, the, this prospective client is listening to all this. And he goes, in fact, the client said, how do you do it? Yeah. Perspective client. Yeah. And uh, Wayne said, oh, I've got 50 guys working for me. <laughs> and this client's response was, well, if I'd known that, I would have sent the Daytona Spider here to be restored, well, which had been go. years being restored. So yeah. anyway, we um, pride ourselves on being able to stick to a deadline. But being vertically integrated enables us to control the calendar more so. Yeah. And um, if a person said, Kevin, we're going to bring our TR to you. It's late September now, but we want her on the lawn at Pebble next year. And that's less than a year. And I said, yep. And um, we'll make, make it happen. happen. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah. you listeners can find the website mpi-ferrari.com and uh, go to their website and check out some of the things that they do. It's absolutely fabulous. Let's talk about Chattanooga Motor Car Festival and your involvement in this event. Uh, I know that you've uh, curated a group of Ferraris. I mentioned in your intro, 14 very special Ferraris that are going to grace the lawn and you're going to be uh, a docent for VIP tours to talk about these cars, right? Can you uh, share maybe a couple of the cars that we can expect to see there? Oh, certainly, Mark. The um, Chattanooga Motor Car Festival is the idea of Byron DeFore, this delightful man from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he has um, decided to put together um, this event with a philanthropic component to uh, deal with traumatic brain injuries. And that in and of itself is quite a story. And it's something that impacts all of us in some form or another, mm-hmm. whether directly or indirectly. Well, Byron being such a charming guy and the fact he wants us to be a really big, superb event. Um, when he asked me, would you please curate some significant Ferraris for us? I said, sure, I'd be delighted to. So I've called a number of friends and they've generously uh, agreed to bring their cars to this event. And some of the cars that will be on exhibit, they're all big cars. They've all won at major concourse throughout the world. In the day, they were either show cars or um, the race cars and they've they've all won both in the day when they first left the factory and to this day and so it's really a fun fun group of cars but some of the cars that will be there include um, a ferrari 340 america bodied by touring a barquetta which Mm -hmm. translates to little boat anyway part of what's touching about this car is it didn't race once at Le Mans. It raced twice at Le Mans, both 51 and 1952. Wow. And just to get an invitation to Le Mans is a big deal. But here's a car that's been invited twice. Uh, so that's a pretty significant piece. We also have um, Dana and Patty Meekham's Ferrari 250 Monza, which is the second of the four 250 Monzas. And what's significant about this car, besides winning its first race in the south of France with Maurice Trintignant and the owner, Luigi Piotti, is um, it was a styling exercise, if you will, from what we've been able to gather for the pontoon-fendered Ferrari Testarossa. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. 
and um, it's it has quite a presence. In fact, Sergio Marciani, the former, the late chairman of Ferrari, it was simply adored this piece at the Finale Mondiale at Daytona back in uh, 17, I believe. He was um, really captivated by the car. So it's a fun piece with lots of charisma. Boy, we have, um, <laughs> how could I forget? Uh, the Ferrari 250 GT Europa, people think, oh, right, that was like the first production um, GT Ferrari. Well, this one's special in the fact that it's a Vignale one-off bodied show car designed specifically for Princess Lillian de Rete. Wow. Um, so you have royalty here as well as uh, champion race cars that will be on exhibit. And the list goes on from there. It's um, incredible. I mean, if you ever saw the movie, the original um, Steve McQueen movie, can help me with the title, The Thomas Crown Affair. Um, oh, and the yes. opening, <laughs> yeah. And the opening scene, there's a, uh, a GTB4 cam, which most of it recognize, but the top's missing. That's one of the 10 Nart Spiders. Well, we will have one of the 10 Nart Spiders on display at the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Wow. So it, it just, it's one great car after another. We'll have Tour de France for ours. Actually, this particular one finished second in the Tour de France in 1957 after having a, a pretty good smash up before that race even began. And, um, and the car everybody loves, the 250 short wheelbase Berlinetta. Mm. Easy to drive, delightful. You have a familiarity with those, Mark. And uh, it's, it's, so it's a, it's a really enjoyable nice collection that it will yeah. make people smile. Oh, how <laughs> fun, how fun. Well, uh, again, you listeners can go to their website and check it out. And, of course, if you can be in that part of the world uh, when this event happens, uh, you definitely should attend because it's a beautiful event. Plus, they've got vintage racing and they've got tours, um, dinners. I mean, there's some. the list goes on and on. There aren't too many three-day events that happen in the Concord world. Usually it's just one, but this is going to be October 15th. 16th and 17th so check out the website uh, make your way to beautiful Chattanooga I always like to ask about driving in inspirations people that were very inspirational to your you in your life key mentors in your life is there somebody that stands out for you probably a lot of people the people you've been around I've been very fortunate to be around a number of really talented and capable individuals but if, if I had to select one it would undoubtedly it would be my dad mm-hmm. and uh his encouragement, uh, patience, persistence, and um, tremendous inspiration. And he's with me every day with his, with his journey with the Ferraris. There's nothing quite like it. And some of the other cars that are keenly of interest, the Pruot Alfa Romeos, and as of late, the Miller Indianapolis mm. Racing Cars. Mm. <laughs> Just a few a few interesting marks in, in that gentleman's life. Wow. Uh, and you've got to be a part of it, too. How fun. Uh, very, very fortunate for sure. But, uh, you know, I've asked that question for a while now. And many, many times it's it's parents in people's lives uh, that really stand out. So those of us are fortunate to have spectacular parents. Uh, sometimes you take it for granted. And then you see other people that maybe don't have the best parents. And you go, wow, I'm pretty darn lucky. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's take another short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge in your life that you face and the lesson learned. So keep the seatbelts on and we'll be right back as we dream off thinking of the sound of a beautiful V12 Colombo engine. We'll be right back. That's a nice visual. <laughs> Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, 
and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Carja are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, we're back from our dreamland with the V12 here. What a nice visual indeed. Uh, Let's talk about a big challenge you faced and more importantly, how you overcame that and what was that valuable lesson learned. So maybe take us on a little bit of a bumpy ride. Well, all of us in our lives face times where there's challenges that are, um, we may seem, think are insurmountable. For me, um, and there was a point in life where there were a number of bumps, but the, perhaps the big one at the time was uh, cancer, prostate cancer. And uh, I, um, initially, it's like, no, this can't be happening to me. I'm still with the notion that I'm bulletproof. Sure, and we all are. Reality yeah. sinks in. Especially, especially men, <laughs> the, nothing can kill me. Come on, I can climb up on a ladder that is set, set up on two cinder blocks on three dining room tables, and I won't fall and die, will I? <laughs> of course not. No. What could possibly go wrong? Right, yeah. <clears throat> well, anyway, I think that the big pluses were um, several friends that had already been over this ground, and mm-hmm. they were... Uh, Tremendous in sharing their experience. Had some great doctors. Tremendous advice as to how to go about selecting a doctor and the fact that the patient's in control whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and take the time to educate yourself. And, and the flip side, uh, I mean, you want to go into surgery in great shape, but you also want a, a strong support group coming out the other side. And I was very blessed to have all those component parts in place and we're able to manage this. And um, I think the, according to the doctors, I have a checkup coming up and in, um, I think, five more years, mm-hmm. if everything stays the way we're going, we'll have a clean bill of health. So awesome. touch wood onwards and upwards. Yeah. But I think when you ask um, how'd you overcome this, I think, again, a terrific upbringing with great parents, belief in yourself, and to quote Winston Churchill, never, never, never give up. Exactly. Exactly. I've had uh, several friends. We have a mutual friend who dealt with this. And uh, you're right. You you know, we're really fortunate because we we live in a country with great physicians. And you said something important, the the patient is in charge. And I think a lot of times people, you know, they don't think that way. They just put everything in the doctor's hands and they don't take the time to investigate 
talk to people, learn, um, you know, they'll go in and just, okay, whatever. And without even knowing, <laughs> you know, well, what did that just mean that you just said, I don't know, just do it, whatever you got to do. Uh, I think that's a key part. And I think fortunately because of the internet and knowledge that's available to so many people now, uh, more and more people are doing just that. They're taking more charge. And when you're sitting in a doctor's office and they say something that sounds kind of odd, you go, well, wait a minute, explain that to me a little bit more. I'm not so sure about that. I had a beautiful epiphany with a Ferrari crash. In fact, I have a Ferrari scar on my forehead at this a point. A Ferrari scar on your forehead. <laughs> you wear that yeah, with a, as a uh, badge of honor, eh? <laughs> I'm very proud of it, actually. <laughs> anyway, so my dad and I were out for a Sunday drive in one of the Ferraris and, um, all of a sudden, I experienced snap over steer for the first time, mm. and it resulted in a rollover and all that. Just a big mess, and the ambulance came to take me away. Oh, my God. And um, I was sitting in the emergency room on a Sunday afternoon. My mother was looking at my father, absolutely disgusted with him. And um, the doctor, um, I was really out of it from the whiplash and so forth, and my neck was really ginger. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked the doctor, should we have a series of x-rays? Now, my dear, this doctor looked like one of those TV characters who just got out of medical school. or Hauser? School. <laughs> there you go. That's the, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> anyway, he said, no, you're moving your head. You're just fine. And I was like, get me out of here. This is a rural town in mm-hmm. southern Wisconsin. Well, then I get back to civilization in Minneapolis and I wind up meeting with um, a maxillofacial doctor. And it turns out he uh, did his residency at the Mayo Clinic, mm. and he had a line of questioning. Um, so, where were you? Who are you with? You were in a car? Yep, in a car. What kind of car? Ferrari car. How fast were you going? Well, pretty fast. And at that point, he volunteered <laughs> the line of questioning and how that evolved from his residency at the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Well, long story short, to see this contrast in, with, in less than 24 hours, uh, and this doctor, he said, his conclusion his concluding remarks were, Kevin, you had traumatic injury to your head. We need a series of x-rays of your head, neck, and spine to determine if there's any collateral damage. Mm. And I was like, oh, this makes complete sense. Yeah. And uh, at which point, this contrast, and then at the realization, okay, and you know this, Mark, if someone graduates at the top of the class and someone graduates at the bottom of the class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They both have the degree doctor, but maybe one's a little better than the other. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, just perhaps. I have a good buddy here who's a car guy in uh, Doc Bill. I call him Doxter. And uh, he's a, a neurosurgeon, pediatric neurosurgeon as well. And, uh, you know, he's told uh, me interesting wow. things about head injuries. And one of the things that always stands out to me, because I'm one of those guys that'll climb up, clean my gutters, get on my roof, clean up my roof. And he's like, Mark, <laughs> once you reach the fourth rung of a ladder, that's the death rung. You fall off that thing and hit your head, you're done. And uh, he said, stay off of ladders. I don't, you know, it has nothing to do with your age. Just hire someone to do that for you that, that's skilled and wears a harness and is smarter than you. But uh, yeah, for sure. You know, back to prostate cancer, I just want to mention this because I've had guests on the show who've had this and I've, I had a great guest on the show, she and her husband, and she lost her husband to prostate cancer, uh, put it on a car show. And they do um, tests at car shows for men, a quick, simple blood test that, tells if you have a propensity for this and they have literally saved hundreds probably hundreds of men's lives that men had no idea so i can't emphasize to men out there listening go get this checked simple blood test 
they can see what's going on. And if something looks array, or array, uh, array, array of sunshine and not array of sunshine, array, uh, they can uh, take it further and uh, ward some really bad things off. So don't put this off. Uh, don't put it off. Deal with it. Uh, and uh, it's very simple, uh, easy to do, and uh, easy to ask for. So uh, take care of that. Thanks for sharing a personal side of your life. We are obviously very happy you're still with us, and uh, everything looks free and clear for you. You know, I like to talk about a special vehicle, and you've had so many in your life, especially with the association with your dad and the cars, and now the company you work with. Is there one really special vehicle? I mean, I know there is, but maybe one you can share with, <laughs> share with our listeners. <laughs> Yes, and yes. we probably all know which one that is, and that is the 212 Export Le Mans Berlinetta that my dad and I drove to New Orleans in um, 1964 to collect that car, mm. and it's been with me ever since. And it's a, it's a treasure with great memories. The car gets driven. In fact, um, it'll be arriving here in Minneapolis tomorrow, Oh, cool. and we're going to... Um, in preparation for the new Ferrari store that opens in Minneapolis, their grand opening a week from today. Oh, cool. Very, very cool. What color is your car? It's, um, I think they call it blue note, dark blue. It looks mm-hmm. like midnight and it changes based upon the light of the day. Nice. Some people have told me my car is black. Oh, ah, like, yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah. There's a BMW color called carbon black that's actually a dark, dark blue. It looks like carbon paper. Um, that's pretty oh, cool. Fun. Yeah. So when you get it yeah. out in the light, it looks like, wait, this isn't black. This is blue. But, uh, <laughs> Ah, oh, man, what a, what it's a, fun. yeah, no kidding. And you know, it's great to have a car. It's really part of your family at this point for so long. I mean, every little nuance. Has the car been through restoration processes over the lifetime that you and your dad have owned that car? Well, yes. In fact, uh, when we first acquired the car, it was outfitted with a Chevrolet drivetrain, which what? was normal back in the late 50s, early 60s, because getting parts out of Italy from Ferrari and having the expertise to look after the engines, it was a rarity. Mm-hmm. So um, what my dad had done is he was able to locate, with the help of Dick Merritt, the original gearbox for the car. So wow. he secured those, at this, and his idea was to repatriate the original engine and gearbox with the body and chassis, which he did. And <laughs> So he put that back together and he did all his work himself uh, mechanically, which was fun to be around and see how these, the intricacies of these pieces and they're beautiful, the castings, the metalwork that went on. And, and as visiting with you now, Mark, I start to realize how fortunate I was to have a front row seat because I'd really be reading about the latest Ferrari, for example, the 250 GTO and what it was doing. And it's, this is the DNA for those cars. And, um, so it's really fun to see. But then, uh, as mentioned, I had that accident where I got my Ferrari scar, and that's um, subsequently how it came to meet uh, Wayne Obrey and developed that uh, relationship. Wow. And it was Wayne that restored the car when she returned to Pebble Beach a second time to win again. Cool. You know, that's a tough way to meet somebody. You really don't have to get in an accident to meet people. You can just call them on the phone, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. you know, I th- it's really wonderful. Thank you hear you. these. Yeah, just a little bit of advice for you, uh, as if you didn't know. Uh, you know, when you hear about people finding and reassociating engines, gearboxes, parts to cars that were originally, it, it always fascinates me. And years ago, I heard a story from a gentleman who was looking for an engine for his Ferrari and it ended up being in Montana at this rancher's home, this sprawling ranch. And he finally found it, took the trip out there, drove all the way out down this dirt road, went to this ranch 
Ranch, went into this guy's house, and the guy said, well, I want to learn a little bit about you before I think about selling you this engine. And they sit down, and he's sitting there, and he looks down and puts his coffee cup on this glass tabletop, and below the tabletop, holding up the table, is the engine. (laughs) <laughs> and he's he's looking like is that the engine i came all the way here for that maybe he isn't going to sell me unless i say the right things well long story short he got his engine back but it's amazing to me these Wonderful. things find their way back and we we see it all the time so i i think it's a wonderful story absolutely beautiful now i'm going to crawl on your head a little bit here be a psychologist if you were manifest as a vehicle kevin what would you be and why <laughs> Undoubtedly, an old racing Ferrari that still works. It's so fun, <laughs> yeah. and um, you never get tired of. Yeah. Well, I like yeah. that answer. Now, can I narrow you down a little bit more to the actual model? Maybe. Oh my goodness! I, oh, they're all wonderful. <laughs> it's just it's, it's hard to make a bad choice, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, this is more about not what you want to be. This is more about your personality. So when you think of yourself, your idiosyncrasies, the man in the mirror, what old racer Ferrari, and this, I'm going to just comes right to your mind first. What's the first one that comes to your head? The 212 Export, Le Mans Berlinetta. <laughs> We're back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like your favorite pair of old loafers. They yes. fit perfect and everything. It's so simpatico. Something you always go back to. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's kind of like, I just read an article this morning about a Jaguar uh, XKE that's for sale. And that's how they, is with a local guy up here, Jason, who sells cars. And it's exactly how he started it. He said, some cars come through my shop that are like an old pair of comfortable loafers that you just want to put on no matter what they look like. And this Jaguar is that. And uh, yeah, so uh, we all have those wonderful cars in our our lives. Is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? Maybe something of late? Well, I think the book that I would definitely recommend, if if there's any interest in Ferrari, and this has been a heavily Ferrari-influenced podcast. Yes. It's Luca Del Monte's biography of Enzo Ferrari. It's um Luca's a charming individual. Uh the book that he wrote on Enzo, it's it's don't be intimidated by it. It's the size of war and peace. However, yeah, yeah. it takes you from when Enzo first walked the earth uh to his final days. And it's it's not a laborious read, but it's insightful. And at times, looking at how complicated his personal life became, it's a wonder how he ever had time to build racing cars. Yeah, no kidding. And then <laughs> at the same time, to look at all the talented individuals that he orchestrated to build his car, such as uh, Giacchino Colombo, Aurelio uh, Lamprede, um, Sergio Scalietti, um, Carlo Felice Bianchi Underlone, who created that signature shape of the Touring Barcata. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a list of the greats, all the people that he installed to build Ferrari cars over the years. And it's remarkable. So I highly recommend that book because anyone who's interested in, in Ferraris at all, whether um, just as a hobby or um, a livelihood, it provides a very important perspective to gain an appreciation as to, okay, who is this man and um, where's the DNA for these Ferraris come from? Yeah, and it cuts through all the stories and things that have evolved over the years when you have an icon like uh, Enzo Ferrari uh, and gets down to 
facts. And uh, you, you're right, the complications in his life. Oh, my gosh. You wonder how he ever got anything done, uh, for sure. <laughs> well, listen, you've taken us on a really wonderful ride today, and I want to take you on what I like to call the ultimate drive. And that means that you can pick any car in the world, any person to be with, and any place to go. So if you had that power, anything in the world, any place in the world, any car in the world, what would that ultimate drive look like for you? Well, you know, I think I would stay in the automotive world relative to personality. Mm-hmm. And the individual that I think is perhaps the most underrated and achieved what no one else has is um, the two-time world champion, Graham Hill. Mm. He is the one man who has won the Triple Crown. And the Triple Crown, as defined by Graham Hill, was the world championship, the Indianapolis 500, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Mm-hmm. And to put that in perspective, there have only been 10 or 11 other drivers that have accomplished two of those three legs. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? It's phenomenal. And Graham Hill wins Le Mans. He's past 40. He's had both his legs broken in a terrible crash with the Lotus 49 at Watkins Glen in 1969. And he's still going. It's just a remarkable individual. And the car... Well, Grand Hill raced a Ferrari 250 GTO for Colonel Ronnie Hoare. Uh, so it'd be fun to be in a car like that. Oh, yeah. With him driving that particular car. And, um, and uh, you know, what we talked about, it'd be like, how'd you do it, Graham? I mean, you <laughs> raced in one of the most dangerous periods ever. And in the span of 10 years, you win two world championships, the Indianapolis 500, the greatest single racing motor event, single day racing event in the world, and the 24 hours of Lamar. Yeah. How'd you do it? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Right car, right time, right guy. Yeah. Where yeah. Where, where would you be driving with Graham? I'm assuming he would be at the wheel. Oh, yeah. Graham Hill would be at the wheel. Yeah. I mean, no question about that. You know, someplace I'd very much like to drive, and I've heard it's spectacular, is in uh, the north of Scotland. Yeah. Where it's uh, rugged countryside, well-paved roads, uh, but the wide open spaces. There you go. Wow. What a ride. Indeed. Very nicely done. I love it. Well, before I let you go today, could you share maybe a parting word of wisdom, a mantra, a success quote with us? Well, I'd be delighted to. And um, the parting words of wisdom that I'd share with you are, to quote a dear friend, Judson Dayton, you have to have fun each day. And Mark, you know that from when Judd tossed you the keys to his short wheelbase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Let's go for a drive. Yeah. And you're driving, Mark. Yeah, I know. Uh, What a great day that was for me at the Cavallino event. Uh, First day I ever met the guy and uh, tossed me the keys to his car when I asked him if he'd give me a ride. I I have to laugh at him because he's such a great guy. And he said, no, I don't give rides. And I thought, geez, he went, but you can drive and toss me the keys. Ah, man. Yeah. Uh, I still think about that. He's a prince of a guy and a dear friend. And as he says, and he's right, you have to have fun each day. You do. And of course, his brother, um, which is a great trivia answer to a question, who's the most winning F1 driver for? He's the winningest driver in the history of Monaco. Monaco. That's what I was looking for. Why can't I think of that? Thank you very much. Yeah, Monaco. 10-time winner. Yeah, 10-time winner. And and you ask people that question, and of course, they go right to professional race car drivers. But uh, Dunk, yeah, he he knows how to drive uh, and uh, did a lot of accomplished. accomplished driving. Yeah, absolutely. So our hats off to those great guys who love Ferraris 
days and have been around cars for a long, long time. Uh, listeners, again, I encourage you, you can check out the uh, Motion Products website. I'll have a link to that on Kevin Shono's page, Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. I'll have a link to that. You got to go because there are going to be some wonderful cars there. Wonderful events, three-day event. It's absolutely fantastic. And a big shout out to our mutual friend, Judy Stropus, for getting Kevin on the show because my good friend and our mutual friend, Douglas Peterson, told me about you, Kevin, years ago. Uh, I bugged you and bugged you, but I finally got you. I finally got you. So <laughs> I always get my get my my uh, inspiring automotive enthusiast. So I can't tell you how much fun this was today. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to thank you for uh, being so generous with your time and sharing some wonderful stories. You and I could talk cars for a long, long time. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road at the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Looking forward to it, Mark. Thank you. It'll be fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.